0: This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 451 being recorded on May 24th, 2017. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrith. And I'm Alan Malventano. Oh, good enunciation. Very well done. Ha ha. So I, it's May 24th. Um, we are a week away from June which means we're a week away from essentially being halfway through the year, even though I know halfway is at the end of June. Uh, also, um, like if I were going to Computex, I would be leaving tomorrow?
1: But that hasn't been the case in 10 years.
0: That's uh, 2011. Uh, it's been f- – this, this is the fifth year I will not have oh, gone. okay. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. So you're not actually going this time? I think it's the fifth. I don't know. No, I'm not going. I thought I was going, but I'm not going. Congratulations.
2: Thank you very much. You're a lucky it. man. the sixth year.
0: It's like okay. it has been says it's six been six, six years would... since my
1: last Computex. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was the only Computex I've been to was your last
0: one. That was 2011. And it was six years ago, not five years ago? Yeah. I don't – look, whatever, man. Years are years. When you get old like me, can one year, five years, two <laughs> That's years. That's why you got to keep cares? the youngins around. <laughs> Who cares? Yes, I agree. Uh, so – at this at this time next week, we do the podcast next week, we'll probably have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um I've already done several briefings about what's gonna be announced at Computex, so hopefully we can get stories ready for that. Uh I guess it's this is a good time to any to tell like Sebastian and Scott and everybody, I don't know, free up your nights because Computex is a twelve hour time difference from Eastern Time Zone, so we're gonna be doing a lot of that stuff. Um what else is going on? Oh, E three is the week after? I may end up mm-hmm. going out to that. Um
1: because definite, of the Scorpio stuff.
0: And I've been talking with Microsoft on some things. So maybe we'll do some interesting stuff mm. there. Um, anyway, that's June coming up. This is May, however, right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. thanks, everybody, for joining us. PCPur.com slash live. We record the show live uh-huh. on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, at com slash live. Uh, we have a chat room there if you want to come in and give us crap beforehand, during and after. It's totally acceptable. Uh, we highly encourage it, in fact, and we do a little, little bickering and, and post-show discussion after the fact. If you need a gentle reminder for our uh, list or for our live stream, feel free to go to pcper.com slash subscribe. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is a different view than we had just before on this page. We're more zoomed in than we were before. There no, you go. That was the, yeah, that was the now one. it's better. Nice. He has, he has two versions It looks of that so shot. professional. This is the right one. Trust me. This is the right, right. one. Okay. Uh, P- anyway, pc com slash subscribe gets you this form here where you enter your name and your email address, uh, and we send you a notification when we're going to do a live stream. If you missed it, we'll talk about it during the show, but we did a live stream, was that yesterday? It was yesterday, uh, with Lance from Aimpad. We talked about analog keyboards. It was actually a really interesting discussion um, that... You know, you wouldn't necessarily have thought of, and uh, if, uh, we'll talk about it here in the in the show in a little bit. But the video archive is up for you to do that. And obviously, uh, we still have our ongoing Patreon campaign that is at patreoncom pcper More important than ever, as uh, advertising continues to suck, and we still disabled uh, anonymous troll comments, um, which continue to represent a significant portion of traffic. Mm-hmm. I understand now why people covet the trolls with stories that they often write. Well, fortunately, we don't
1: write stories to like. I mean, we may to attract.
4: Speak trolls. for yourself. <laughs> yes,
1: <true. laughs> speak for yourself. That's true. Jeremy's I mean, t- story titles tend it's to. It's very uh,
0: possible by the end of this week you may have the mandate to do only those things.
1: No, it's
0: going to happen. No, it's, it might. It might happen unless everybody you goes. Believe how fast? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the only way to prevent that is to go to patreon.com slash PC Per and become a regular monthly contributor to the website. And this is your ability to say – to vote for uh, let's keep the anonymous trolls away, uh, You know, unobtrusive ads. You don't want to know about five ways to re- reduce thigh stretch marks at the bottom of every one of our stories. God. Those types of things. I hate those. And you it's know, you've got a secret contribution level. Oh yeah, dollars yes.
2: A month is a weekly <laughs> glamour shot of myself.
0: I, I, I do want you know that really? weekly is is a it's a lot of commitment, Josh. I don't know if you're up for that.
2: It, it's well, you know what? These glamour shots are worth it.
0: Actually, the truth is, Josh actually has about 600 weeks worth of glamour shots already. Pretty, yeah, they're already got, <laughs> and ready to go. I think is what it comes I'm down ready. to. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so again, uh patreon.com/pcper uh it, it's monthly recurring subscription, not really a subscription, but a contribution to the site. We really appreciate it. if you do ad blockers, if you just if you want to support the content we do, uh we greatly 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 appreciate it. And if you become a patron or upgrade your patronage during the show, I will read out your name on the website uh or on the stream rather as we go. So keep that in mind. So let's run through some stuff that we're going to get through. Um, Some of it, we'll we'll kind of briefly touch on one of these being uh, Lee's review of the Seasonic Prime 1200-watt power supply, Um, another just beast of a unit, Um, 80-plus – so Seasonic Prime, we, we've, we've, I think we've done reviews of Prime power supplies already. This was Seasonic's kind of total revamp of their infrastructure and their platform mm-hmm. um, to, a, to, a, to a digital system as opposed to an analog system. And you can see here, based on this table, they have uh, plenty of these under the Prime moniker. This is the 80-plus gold variant of the 1200 watts. So it's going to be the least expensive, least efficient, but the, um, you know, you're still going to get the same power capabilities it- out of it. Can I ask a real quick question? You can ask it.
2: Would we be able to get him to actually weigh these power supplies for reviews?
0: (laughs) Um, Because I think
2: that would actually be kind of a point of interest. Because have you picked some of these damn things up?
0: Oh, yeah.
4: Well, the kilowatt costs are crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's fair.
3: Just a thought. Yeah. Then we're going to have people start making the chassis out of carbon fiber
2: just so they can get a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they're, they're going to put lead weights in there because true. heavier is air quality. Don't you remember Jurassic That's Park? True, is yeah. that heavy, kid? Yes. Then put it down. It's probably
0: expensive. <laughs> put it back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you notice that kid totally ignored that guy he and continued did. to play with the those. And who died, huh? Of, you know, who got eaten old, by the a lawyer?
1: Did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Might be able to pull some of those out of spec sheets. It might have weight. Just look up
0: New Egg's shipping weights for everything. <laughs> yes. uh, what do you mean, ten pounds? It's a hundred ninety nine dollar power supply. It has a twelve year warranty. Sweet on it. So that's a lot of uh, uh, I mean, confidence in your product. Yeah, yeah. To be sure, right? Um, so the, Lee goes over it's, it as is all as are all of Lee's reviews. Very high quality, well written. Goes over the um, movement to a. Um, like a single rail system versus the multi-rail. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, the ultra-stable voltage yep. regulation uh, system that they use. There's a hybrid mode switch on the back. for That's for fan control. Um, it,
4: uh, the fan won't fire up till you hit about 400 watts worth of load.
0: Uh, okay. okay, interesting.
4: You turn it off, it just spins really slowly to get a little bit of air over the components. But, again, yeah. it doesn't really kick until 40% load. Yeah.
0: Full, um, uh, mo- fully modular. You can see here the connectivity options in the back. Uh, here it is with all the. Uh, hey, if you want to scroll up a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it just scroll. Keep scrolling. Scroll some more. Scroll. Scroll. <laughs> scroll. Stop. Like you mean it. No. No. Down a little bit. Okay. There. What are we looking at? What the hell are those dents in the side? Is it, are those like air scoops for like brakes? <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, so, because your yeah. computer is
2: moving so fast, that's it's true. forcing air into the side panels
0: What's the and cooling section? something.
1: Like, I think that's a-
0: metal. I think that's the metal of the internal framework. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> wow, so so it really does have naca dots on the side. Yeah, awesome, very nice. And there's your internal view for everybody who likes to see the inside of this power supply. It looks small based on – because, like, I'm used to seeing motherboard capacitors, and then you're like, oh, this is such a tiny little – oh, wait, no, that's an enormous, enormous capacitor. Um, so if you're looking for a power supply, and in particular if you're looking for an enormous wattage power supply, a review worth checking out. And 199 is is still cheap, but keep in mind it does come with that 12-year warranty. Um, it's not the most expensive of the Prime Series because this is gold, and they go up to uh, platinum um, for this – for this uh line um good voltage regulation good ac ripple noise suppression high efficiency um the only weakness being that the two pcie connectors are daisy chained on a single cable instead of having dedicated cable for each connector that's something we see i mean fairly often on power supplies course uh corsair's uh uh, 1500 watt unit that we use over there has that i don't it's kind of a balance because I don't like
3: that because if you only have to use one of the connect- connectors, you just have the other one hanging off there. Yeah, But I understand, like, if you have a 12 or 15-watt are- power supply, like, that's a lot of cables
1: if they were individual. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, the cables are obviously beefy enough to handle.
0: And if you look at the right. – I guess if you look at the back, it, is there room for – yeah, okay. You could you could put two more uh, connectors up here, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you really wanted to, if they, were, if they were designing it and that's a way, unless there's, there's some design decision to not. But uh, that is the Seasonic Prime 1200 watt gold power supply review. Check that out. It is on pcper.com, the website of the podcast that you are currently listening to. Um, next, we're going to talk with Ken, ever so briefly, because you know it's Ken. Oh, thank God. Uh, about his purchase of a MacBook Pro, but to use as a Windows machine. He's actually using it as Mac OS. But we, we, we had been getting a lot of uh, these Cabby Lake-based uh, laptops in, Windows PCs in, and this is a Skylake-based machine, right? Yeah. Um, and this, this is still the most recent MacBook Pro yeah. launch from that. The, right?
3: the rumor is that they're going to refresh it here in the next month at their developer conference, but just a rumor at this point.
0: So basically what has always been the case with MacBooks is that the hardware is fantastic. The design is great. Um, for a long time, they were worlds above what any uh, PC laptop, Windows laptop had. Yeah, um, That has been uh, uh, changed quite a bit. Like this particular this – this Lenovo Yoga I'm using here is actually really, really good um, – in terms of build quality and design and that type of stuff. But we were curious if you could use this as a Windows PC and what the positives and negatives were of it. What was your quick synopsis of of your time with this as a Windows? First of all, I guess, was it easy to get Windows on it, as easy as it has been in the past? or
3: uh, It's actually a little easier now. With the latest macOS release, They uh, you don't have to create an installer thumb drive anymore. So you literally just give the boot camp assistant an OS X an ISO, and it goes through the entire install process. like It just creates a separate partition and mounts it
4: hmm.
3: with the install media. So you don't have to have another thumb drive lying around, which on a computer with only four U- USB Type-C ports is definitely an advantage. So you don't have to have sure. an adapter and a thumb drive hanging off <laughs> your machine while you're doing it. Uh, and, yeah, it's pretty easy. The The drivers are bundled in, so it automatically pulls the latest drivers for your machine when you go through the boot camp assistant. When you
0: say it pulls them in, is is that Microsoft providing the drivers? Is Apple. that Apple providing those drivers? Okay.
3: okay. The driver bundles are all provided by Apple.
0: That's surprising still to me that they would do that. But good. Yeah. yeah. It, it's. I,
3: I would love to see numbers on how many computers are actually running boot camp anymore.
0: You think like just the app ecosystem and stuff is in such a place that there's probably not as much of it? Oh, and virtualization is really good. Right? Like uh Yes. I remember my days of using Parallels. Yeah. Very different back, yeah. now, back then. <laughs> so, I mean,
3: when you can run parallels for a lot of applications, unless you're doing stuff like gaming, which is kind of what prompted me to install uh, Windows on this machine is mm-hmm. that we're looking at doing some gaming benchmarks on this machine to compare it to some other machines that I have in the queue for review. Mm-hmm. So could, kind of going down that entire process. So this MacBook Pro uh, has the touch bar. Yeah. Did that work in Windows? uh if you scroll down there's a photo of it i think it so it maps to two different functions so it, it displays the f keys by default and then mm-hmm. if you hold down the function keys it displays a normal function row you can actually so you can keep brightness that. display yeah. brightness you can swap that behavior in the bootcamp software on windows which like, one default is yeah you mean? which one the default is uh but yeah there's no that's, api that's to access impression. it or anything
2: that's that's refreshing, because I would expect with Apple, there'd just be a bunch of dicks there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, how you really feel. Okay, it wasn't funny, but, you know, it's <laughs> <just> <laughs> true. If, if no,
2: accurate. Oh, it was, download drivers from Apple for our touch bar. Oh, it's just a bunch of... Middle, middle fingers across.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: But, like, the, the Touch ID fingerprint sensor doesn't work, Yeah, which would have been cool if they could have integrated that with Windows Hello, which again you wouldn't expect apple to do because why not. the hell
0: would they right. write a custom driver for that stuff agreed so which model did you get i'm looking at the specs table here did you get the 13 with uh the touch bar this middle one
3: yeah have the middle one with the so 512 it's, gig so it's SSD. got the intel
0: iris 550 gpu in it mm-hmm. uh core i5 6267u which is a very th- odd part yeah i think it's one that's only used by apple maybe i don't uh, know uh yeah i don't know um NVMe SSDs, which is nice, eight gigs of RAM, a very very
3: fast NVMe SSD. This is another one of the reasons I wanted to install Windows on this machine was to run actual disk benchmarks as opposed to the one that is available on OS X, which is the Black Magic Disk (laughs) Speed Utility, which is just awful. Yeah. Uh, So I, I I, actually not in the review, but we ran Ado on it to try to get some idea of performance on this because it's an Apple produced NVMe controller. Yep. Is it really? Yes. They, they started their way, they started putting them in the iPhone, then it worked into the Core M MacBook. The iPhone has an NVMe controller mm-hmm. in it? Yep. Yeah. And mm. Samsung TLC Flash, I think, in it.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: What's, hmm. The, uh, what's the hard drive provider for Apple stuff? Especially third party. It's usually, what's the nation. name of that group? OWC.
0: OWC, yeah, like OWC. for aftermarket. aftermarket. Yeah,
3: but the yeah. SSD is soldered to the motherboard of this machine.
0: Yeah. like which the new surface like Pro. the new surface
3: yeah yeah
0: uh what about keyboard and trackpad that work pretty well in the windows for you
3: yeah uh they actually sort of pay attention to their touchpad drivers like palm rejection works just as well as it is on mac os which is a big sticking point i have with a lot of these pc trackpads is mm-hmm. that palm rejection doesn't seem to work very well for my use case but that all works well the keyboard is exactly how you'd expect everything works how you'd expect from a sort of user experience-wise.
0: Performance seems to line up with expectations of similarly specced Windows PCs.
3: Yeah, the performance is actually a bit disappointing because, again, it's on Skylake So,
0: so As opposed to the newer Cable yeah. Lake systems out, yeah.
3: While it's a 25-watt mobile CPU as opposed to the 15-watts that we see in a lot of Ultrabook-class mm-hmm. CPUs, the mm-hmm. performance is about equal between the two. Gotcha. So you have the power consumption gap, but it's on an older... Generation, older CPU generation.
0: The battery life was also lower than expected. Well, I guess I may say this. Was was it lower than expected because it was running in Windows? Do you think? Like Uh, maybe maybe there's not as much power optimization? uh,
3: From my sort of experience, the difference in battery percent, I would say, is about 20%. The battery is probably 20% longer in Mac OS, but the battery on this thing sucks.
0: That's been the, one of the complaints about these MacBooks yeah. since
3: they launched, right? Is yeah. Battery life is not great. It's almost like they have to power an OLED touch bar on the keyboard. Hmm. That might be a part of a reason.
0: So
2: hmm.
0: do you think that the you know added cost involved with these, because they're a little bit more expensive than hmm. the normal machines, makes this like there are plenty good Windows-based machines to go buy as opposed to buying a MacBook and putting Windows on it? yeah i i
3: i would almost say no one should buy this as a macbook really it's just the addition of the touch bar has jacked up the price way too high it's Mm. like a 300 hundred dollar price premium over the similar last generation sort of configurations of macbook pro and you're not getting a whole lot out of it if they have the one the model without the touch bar it has two thunderbolt three ports instead of four which is a bit of a limiting factor i still think it's not that big of a deal you could get around it i'm never used all four ports on this machine at the same time right but one of the issues is that they relegate it to lower clock speed cpus so with this machine you get a you go from like a 2.1 gigahertz cpu to a 2.9 gigahertz cpu i believe so there's a nice bump there in the cpu configuration that you just can't Get on the model without the touch bar. Hmm. Now, as we talked with uh, at WWDC, their developer conference, they're kind of expected to announce refreshed versions of these. That seems pretty quick. I feel like these were. It's has it been a year? 2016. Yeah, it's been about a year.
0: Has it been that long? Okay.
3: So my my theory is that they'll probably go down a hundred or two hundred dollars, just because that's sort of how Apple does it. Is they'll introduce a new design and higher-end models and sort of bring it back down the stack a little bit Mm price-wise like the original retina macbook pros were extremely cost prohibitive and then they kind of each successive generation came down a little bit in cost Mm -hmm. whether it be that they went from 128 to 256 default like if the specs got better for the same price or the price dropped right so that's kind of what i'm hoping happens here i will say i don't think i'm going to keep this laptop and mm-hmm. that's saying a lot for me because I've had MacBooks since 2009. And you have an old one. Yeah. My, well, my MacBook original. Air is from 2013, <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. So I think it yeah. might be time for a PC notebook for me. So oh, I, no. Yeah. Hey,
2: Ken. What will the chat say? <gasps> Ken? Yes? I have a challenge for you. Yes? Hackintosh on Ryzen. Have I've, you done
3: it? I Google that about once a week, Josh. They're getting there.
2: They're getting there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because they, they, it's like, Apple only does drivers for Intel stuff. Yeah, correct? so it
3: requires patching the kernel, and people have it booting, and they're working through all that stuff. So yeah, I actually, i on like taking world. a look at that when it gets to sounds like it's a world the pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people have <laughs> people have run it on like FX CPUs and stuff like that. It it requires some doing, but
0: it, yeah. Well, Right, before we get to our next story, uh, I have two Patreon uh, additions to uh, call out here. $3.33 from Christopher Han- Hanush, H-A-N-U-S-C-H. Hanush, Christopher Hanush, three thirty-three. Thank you very much, sir. And then uh, we have an anonymous here that uh, did their pledge to $175.00. Uh, Saying I've been above one hundred fifty dollars for months. Where are my effing glamour shots?
2: <laughs> <Just to laughs> <with a> <laughs> oh God! I, I guess that. Uh, All right, put, put up or shut up, Josh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, we'll, 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 we'll photography.
0: Oh man! All right. So uh, next story, Jim actually wrote this one for us. PS4 Pro SSD upgrade. So this is. I, I did this with the... Was it the original PS4 or was it the mm-hmm. PS3? It was PS4, right? Mm-hmm. When the PS4 first launched, we did an SSD upgrade story to it. Like, was, would it improve load times, that type of stuff? Um, at the time, one of the restrictions was that the original PlayStation 4 used a SATA 2 interface, not a SATA 3 interface. The mm-hmm. PS4 Pro... Uses a set of three. Um, and I think we had seen another comparison uh, done by Digital Foundry or something like that, but they were made, potentially using like an older SSD that um, was not fast to begin with. It was like a try on or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember which one it was. Jim, feel free to yell out if you yeah, want to. It was the OCC try on there. Here, yeah. we're, you're using uh, an 850 Pro. The one terabyte 850 Evo versus the hard drive that came with the PS4. Um, no secrets to this testing really. Uh, it was installing the games to the different drives, uh, loading up some games, going to save games, and and unfortunately for Jim, doing it multiple times because he corrupted his his drive when trying to do the transfer. Oops, I don't know. He might, I, it's, he claimed, in a sense, I think he just pulled the cable out or something like that with his foot when he was trying to leave or something. Wrong. Wrong, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, after and, and to Sony's credit, like, they make this process surprisingly simple and open compared uh-huh. to what the Xbox does. It's, def- it's not a sported thing on the
3: Xbox. I, Xbox it is a very hacky. Hack. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay.
0: So let's see, the games utilized for this test, uh, three configurations, the original non-pro PS4 with the Samsung 850 Evo, PS4 Pro with the stock one terabyte hard drive, and the PS4 Pro with the Samsung 850 Evo, tested uh, Fallout 4, NHL 17, GTA 5, Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare in a ground mission and a space combat mission, and The Witcher 3 with two different save games, uh, uh, Nilf Guardian, man. That's a real one. Get In that the one right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so first up, Fallout 4, you can see some of these results here. The PS4 Pro with the hard drive, the PS4 with the SSD, and the PS4 Pro with the SSD. And those are actually um, reasonable gaps there, right? So uh, 18.5% from the non-PS4, fro, non-pro, well, non-pro PS4 with the Samsung drive, um, compared to the PS4 Pros with the hard drive. Um and then uh 33%. Wait, do I have that right? Okay, yeah, 46% total going from PS4 Pro hard drive to PS4 Pro SSD. 48 seconds to 26 seconds load times. That's you know, that's that's a considerable wait time difference. Right yeah. for as often as we see people kind of question the validity and usefulness of SSDs on the PC like because real world benefits are sometimes more difficult to define.
1: Yep, yeah, but it wasn't stuff. for it wasn't for all the titles.
0: No, it wasn't. NHL 17 saw very little difference. Um GTA 5 was it this one I was I was actually kind of interested so the the single player load went down dramatically it went from 73 seconds to 25 seconds. Yeah. But the character switch which is if you're not familiar with the game, you're, you play three different characters. Uh, when you're playing as one, you can switch to any other character at most points. Um, and when you do, it like zooms out and it's very clearly doing like a whole world reload in a different area of the map where you may be with this other character. I thought that would be an improvement. Well, they
1: might have made that transition long enough so that you'd never saw.
0: So maybe it's actually like eight seconds versus four seconds, but at 14 exceeds it. in The animation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that, that could be.
1: I mean, that's that's a imaginable. good an estimate. Yeah. You know?
0: um, Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare. We saw uh, some advantages on the ground levels, but not in the space levels. You know, from 16 down to 10 seconds, um, and then in The Witcher 3: Wild Hunt, uh, went from 78 to 61 seconds in the Novigrad level, but stayed. You know, went from 36 to 34 in the Nilf Garden, Nilf Guardian Garrison section. So it it was interesting in that it didn't affect everything positively. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect anything negatively, right. but it didn't improve everything. But in some areas when it did improve it like 73 to 25 seconds is a significant drop. Yeah. yeah. In in load time. Um and is it, is it worth the cost of a
1: one-terabyte SSD in your console?
0: That's debatable per person. I mean, the console right. is
1: not likely taking full advantage of an EVO, like the performance of an EVO. Well, I mean, it's a SATA 3 interface. I mean, what else is there? I mean, it's just There's SATA. There's just like, you know... I mean it might not be going that high on Q depth, it might not like you know, it might not be really low. Yeah, but I, mean, I I would argue that like Windows doesn't do that very well. Sure. But I'm just saying I'm just saying for that for that application you might be able to get away with even a cheaper, like, you know, find your bargain basement, you know, like even some of the micron drives that go on sale that are oh, I going for okay. really cheap, but right. they're decent performers, right? Like you're gonna get most of the way there with those like, one terabyte Samsung
0: eight fifty Evo is three hundred and fifty bucks yeah. as uh, when Jim was writing this. So yeah, thirty five cents a gig, not bad. But you can get 2025. Yeah. If you look. Yeah. So you're, you're basically saying like there it's probably good enough at that performance level right. to see close to these differences if not identical. Yeah, especially since you're not
1: doing like those games aren't going to be sitting there doing really heavy writes. Like the writes <laughs> no. are only no know, I hope not. the the writes are only <laughs> happening while you're downloading the game and you're only going to write at the speed where you can download the stuff in the first place. Right? Right? Which so,
3: on PSN is awful.
1: Yeah. That too. So like Real even bad. so even if the SSD does not have the best Right performance, you know, doesn't matter. It's a moot point. You're just worried about the reads. Right. Uh, Correct. Yeah. As, Don't say right when we're talking about drives and yeah. stuff. Correct. As, as the
3: chat was mentioning, with the, one of the later PS4 firmwares, you can actually put games on external drives now too. So if you got like a 500 gig 850 Evo, which I saw for $150 today, and put that in for sort of your most... Played games and maybe ones that you see take advantage of the load times
4: yeah. and
3: put the other ones on an external hard drive. Hmm. It, you could. It's a little kludgy that,
0: but that requires like either somebody to have tested all of the games to tell you which ones work best, or for start you to, with like, them on the hard drive out. and go, "Man, this is crap." I'd put on this, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and and again, like again, I guess it's worth saying. This is not something we expect a lot of PS4 people to, to do, uh, but it does give an indication that like there's performance to be had to these devices right yeah um, will Sony or Microsoft include a one terabyte SSD in their consoles in this coming year not a chance nope. right like they're not nope, going to nope, spend nope. Uh, half of their their sales price on the storage mm-hmm. even though it would it does in many cases make a significant Difference in kind of like the user experience of the of the hardware. So, good job testing on this one, Jim. It, it, it's it's tough to come to any any more conclusive stuff than this unless you're going to load up 50 games or something like that, you know, or 100 games or whatever. And I don't think Jim really wants to do that. Get tested Jim. Well,
3: I, I found that the issue was that a lot because I bought a lot more games than I put in those results. Yes, because not every game the console makers, the game publishers have worked around the loading issues.
0: Um, oh, so they, they've and kind so of... so they've, they've yeah. addressed
3: that by putting in cutscenes that you can't skip or, or by creating game design that doesn't necessarily rely on the fastest load times. Uh, so not every right. game that I went, was hoping to test was really amenable to that kind of analysis. Uh, so, like, just GTA five with single player, when you're loading a ton of data up front... That's where you're going to see the
0: benefit, but not every game includes that kind of uh, that kind of uh, data layout. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, and, and it's one of those things that people don't often really think through. Where if you, the the chicken egg story of do you improve hardware, or do you improve software? Well, why why bother improving hardware if they're not if the software guys aren't taking advantage of it? It's like, well, if every software developer knew that they were going to have access to SSD speeds, yeah, then they wouldn't have to put in those elongated animations and sequences you know to or, to or the or the make scene, things feel better or it, it wouldn't be a static
1: length it would like if it saw it yeah. was done loading it would just hurry, yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. hurry up its transition but yeah you
0: know. it's just like clearly you know that if if the gta uh character switch is an example of that then that was something that they could get rid of or they could make it as much snappier thing if that's actually what was holding it back so
3: i mean if you look at a lot of these games that are also on pc like the load times are way better, especially with an SSD. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So that is, uh, you know, PS4 pro SSD upgrade. Does SATA three make a difference? I think the answer is maybe, Um, but does do SSDs make a difference? I think the answer is still is still yes. In that case. All right. Um, uh, We have another story here real fast. And it's not a real fast time. I'm going to be very upfront without Scott on this call. This is a very dense conversation um that he had to are you l- calling me slow i'm usually yes yes i mean well, that's just an assumption we're being so, honest here the story here is follow up neil trevitt and tom olson from the Kronos group who uh are responsible for the apis of you know vulcan OpenCL, OpenGL, all those open ones that you know about open GLES. Yep. The what's the what do they call the VR one? I can't remember what they call the VR one. Open VR, probably. I don't know. Sounds yeah, about right. I think it is. <laughs> uh, but Scott, they they announced uh, last week some 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 changes to Vulcan, One of them being kind of a merging of OpenCL and Vulcan, And so um, Scott went out of his way above and beyond to set up an interview with these guys. And um, you guys feel that plane taking off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy moly. It's web no. VR by the no, way. No, I don't. A web VR. Yeah, Open VR is the. There's there's thing. Gosh, there's some 747 engines oh, yeah. ramping like up web over CA there. Valve. yeah. they're they're ten minutes early on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, th- this is a, a a more detailed dive into that discussion, and uh, Scott was was willing to supply me with some cliff notes here to help. Get through some of the key points, right? Neil Trevitt is the president of the Kronos Group, chair of the OpenCL uh, working group. Tom Olson is chair of Vulcan. Um, the OpenCL side. of you remember? Do you remember? This, where, do you never, uh, sorry. Do you mm-hmm. remember where Neil originally started with? Originally, no. I mean, he's at yeah. he works at Nvidia now. Well, yeah. I don't know. But Before that, I, I'm going to media. Gonna say, no. Do you remember them? Remember per, media. For per media. Per media. Oh, per, no, per yes. media. Yes, 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 yes. They had yeah. the, the
2: Glint yeah. uh oh. Yeah, and the, uh, what was it, the P10 processor, which was their highly programmable uh, integer uh, based uh, GPU back yeah. in like 2001, 2002. I actually spent like an hour and a half talking to Neil. He's. This guy is super legit. I mean, honestly, smart dude. He's been at this from the beginning, and so yeah, it's it's kind of fun to uh, to read the stuff that uh, he's in because he's it's interesting. He's really smart.
0: And, yeah. and, it's, and it's one of these stories that, that that Scott kind of picked up on and nobody else really seemed to do. Uh, the, so uh, OpenCL is the side doing the merging. It was actually something that was just decided a couple of weeks ago, that, that Vulkan and OpenCL were going to merge. The Vulkan API roadmap is not affected by the decision. The Kurtos group was concerned and wanted this to be clear. They wanted people who were depending on Vulkan for their future platforms to not have any um, concerns about the confidence and long-term viability uh, of the roadmap. Um They're interested to discuss how it will affect Vulcan, but those conversations apparently haven't really started yet. And the decision was made because they realized that some decisions um, they made for OpenSeal or with OpenSeal were bad. Like you can't be certified unless you support all of these, even if it makes sense for your hardware. And uh, that if you were unsure whether it was supposed to be hard – supposed to be hardcore explicit or whether it was supposed to be easy to use, um, it's (sighs) – I look at it this way, and again, this is this is not something Scott has said necessarily, but I have said, is it's like with DirectX, you kind of just get it all in one package. Yeah. Direct compute, Direct3D, you know, whatever else they've had that's now been um, uh, uh, moved away, uh, direct input and whatnot. Um, and this really just makes sense. If you're going to have a competing API, make it as robust and as compatible and feature-complete and feature-competitive As possible, Um, it is the they intend to create a compatibility layer for OpenCL 1.2 and 2.0 X after the move to Vulkan. So they're not going to be losing uh, backwards compatibility, which is important. Um, And Scott just point out that in the interview, they are they were incredibly like open and honest about their decisions. Right. It's not often you hear somebody say, yeah, that's something we decided two weeks ago and we want to talk about it. We want, to, we want people to be open to it. Um, I've seen this interview going around to a lot of different locations. Uh, uh, I think the Kronos group actually sent it out to some of their members and whatnot. So um, it's, it's definitely something that not a lot of people have been looking at and is, is could be as potentially – I don't want to say disruptive because that sounds like a negative thing, but uh, disruptive in a positive way to the overall acceptance of non-DirectX Mm-hmm. APIs. So okay, two, two things here, if you would allow
2: me to I will interrupt. One, it's not Promedia. Promedia was the product. It's it's 3D Labs was the group. Okay, my so my brain controlled. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Promedia was the product line. And two, it's kind of interesting to see them actually doing this kind of integration because how long have we been hearing about heterogeneous computing, and then how everything is coming together and how we've got a, a variety of, of hardware characteristics in a product. It's going to pick out, the software is going to pick out the best um, ASIC GPU, CPU, whatever, to do the work, and now we're finally seeing this. I mean, we, we've had in the previous uh, years, I mean, what, C++ AMP, or is it C AMP? I, can't, I think it was C++ AMP. I think that's right. Yeah. you remember that? Yeah, that was that was that was the more GPU uh, uh aimed uh programming language. When's the last time you, you really have heard about that? I mean we've we've heard about OpenCL, sure. uh, Nvidia says push CUDA, but we have not had kind of an industry wide some you know, application, API, whatever you want to call it, that will truly leverage all of these parts together to make a cohesive and somewhat easier to program product that they can actually do this with. And I do not know if if this will be the end-all be-all, but it is a step in the right direction of, of where we probably really need to head uh, because... If you've got all these ASICs around a computer that uh, that do individual things, but you've got to do some amazing amount of manpower and, and work to be able to utilize that, getting closer to something that you can just program, and it worries about a lot of the other background work to leverage the parts that are in your machine to give you the most efficient... And highest speed performance in in these workloads is something that we've 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 been promised for the past fifteen years, and nothing has really shown up yet.
0: I don't know what else to say. I'm to off that. my soapbox, so we'll go. Yeah, very cool stuff. I, I would encourage you, if you have any interest in in, in this type of of tech and talk, uh, you check out Scott's interview. It was well done, um, and like I said, I, I believe this is something you won't find anywhere else as well. So good job, Scott. Um, and, oof, man. Look at the time. Uh, Sebastian also posted up a review today. The Alpha Cool... Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, ice Bear. Ice Bear? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Bear. Ice Bear. Ice Bear. Ice bear. Ice bear. 360 mm-hmm. and 280 liquid-cooled, uh, or liquid-CPU coolers review. Uh, and if nothing else, it we'll find cook. plenty... Plenty of Sebastian quality photography throughout here. Um they've incorporated first class components into the Ice Bear series, including all copper radiators, high performance fans, and touches like anti-kink springs. Look at those quick connects. look at those quick quick disconnects and mm-hmm. connects. Well, you hope. Well yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um so obviously the three sixty is a triple, the two eighty is a double, double one forty. Um look at these names of these ice wind 12 fans yes i like this company um supports pretty much every socket that has ever existed as far as i can tell uh back to your fm1 so good news josh your fm1 systems oh thank god I can still be cooled with this 146 oh, 146- go ahead i think we still have like 50 of those cpus lying around here somewhere uh 146 for the 360 millimeter uh the ice bear 360 and 131 bucks for the 280 similarly packaged similarly similarly built obviously meant for some expansion right with the quick disconnect uh capability that these have actually those quick disconnects have to make it way easier to mount to your case
3: Right, because you're you don't have to have the two parts that are always connected, where you're like trying to hold
0: on yeah, the block. And I would agree with you, except there's there's only one quick disconnect. Um, that's right. Disappointing. Yeah, if there were two, then I would then I'm with you. That like that makes like installation yeah. like super easy because you can mount the radiator and the fans separately and then deal with it or whatever you want to do it in. But you can still do that do that separately. I don't know. You get maybe get a little bit more flexibility with that. Yeah, um, maybe. but mm-hmm. probably not. A whole whole lot in that. It's it's a bigger, bulkier, maybe not a a, a sexy looking thing for its its uh, the block itself, but it also you know that's where there's a fill valve and, and stuff. So there's a little bit more going on. Uh, and they are, I guess I would call this single thickness radiators. No, no they do look mm-hmm. a little bit thicker than normal, don't they? Hmm. Hard to tell. It's not. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if there's any specific standardization to those in terms of like single thick double thick or anything like that right but uh if we take a look at the performance results from sebastian's testing they look pretty damn good actually if you look at the cooler temperatures with the core i7 stock processor at work under load and stress and then underneath the overclock the 280 is actually performing better than the 360 across the board
1: might flow better
0: yeah, uh, fan, fin design, you know, the fin design of the radiator might be a little bit different as well for the airflow.
1: flow problems.
0: Yeah, Josh has plenty of flow. Yeah. It's three or four times I mean, the, a night the, now. The bigger but, red
1: would probably be better yeah. with, like, a lot more heat load. Oh, you think? Probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, noise levels is where that all comes to pass, right? Um, if you look at the Ice Bear 280 is the loudest of the coolers here. I don't think 37.5 dBA. Is exceptionally loud, um, uh-huh. but it is a noticeable gap between that and say the Corsair 100i GTX as well. But well, I mean, it's got it's got a third fan going, right? No, the 280 is the two one 140. Oh. The 360 it has
1: three fans, and it's, it's quieter. quieter. It's weird. What's going on there? It may well, just it be, might the be running the fans higher. Faster. Or
0: lower. Yeah, faster on the 280. Yeah, then yeah. that also would explain some of its performance advantages, yeah. advantages as well. It's weird. Yeah. Overall, good good devices. Sebastian seemed to like them. Gold award um, for the entire family uh, of ice bears, if you will. Uh, and even though it's a crowded market, hey, anytime you can get a good quality competitor in there. I'm excited there about
3: it. sort of the advent of these all-in-ones with quick disconnects. Like, I know EVGA at CES was showing off kind of like an ecosystem where they had the yes. CPU cooler and the radiator and the GPU. So you can kind of get... Closer to a custom loop without having to deal with all the bullshit.
0: I uh, 100% with you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Less bullshit, more cooling. Yep. <clears throat> Brian Show. Put it on the box. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick second here and thank today's podcast sponsor. That would be our friends at Casper. Uh, Casper is a longtime sponsor and I'm going to say fan. Of the PC Perspective podcast. I don't really know if that's the case, but I'm, I'm going to assume they keep coming back for more. So that's some slander fans. right there. Uh, they are an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. They are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly on to the consumer, which as a consumer is what I like to see. Savings passed on to me. Uh, they are obsessively engineered mattresses at a very fair price. They're made of supportive memory foams for a sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature, Josh, throughout the night. Uh, <laughs> the uh, you can buy them online, completely risk-free. Uh, you can try it for a hundred-day period um, that they'll, they'll let you just sleep on their mattress. And then if you don't like it, you can send it back. All right. Actually, let me phrase it. If you don't like Do, it, somebody, a, somebody a, will come get it yeah. from you. Go ahead. Well, Do they, they
2: have a, a uh, graham cracker
0: crumb cleanup? <sighs> like for the return or just if you're going to keep
1: it? Like which
0: – if you're returning it, I mean as a gesture to Casper, I would say you should probably sweep up your damn mattress. I think he's asking swab, if but. it tastes
1: like graham crackers. No, I do I mean, not say such a thing. <laughs> now, either, now, Josh. Have you
2: have you never ever heard? I wouldn't kick so and so out of bed for, for eating crackers. graham crackers. Yeah, uh. but never
0: graham crackers. Crackers, yes. Graham
2: crackers are pretty. They're pretty harsh. But uh, saltines would be You're worse. You roll around and then for a while,
0: and saltines and, would be you know, worse, right? Clearly. <laughs> plus you get the grit of the salt that comes off of the cracker which is like even worse cuz you can't really find it to brush it off mm-hmm. anyway the point i'm trying to make I'm sorry, is i crackers are worst I own a Casper mattress. Uh, and it, didn't we do a video on it or something? You did um, I, I, I don't know if I ever posted anything. Oh. But I, I definitely took a video of the unboxing process. The self-inflating. The self-inflating mattress. <laughs> uh, it, and I, we love it. It's It's been incredibly comfortable. Um, and it, it's it's one of those things that felt weird the first couple of days because it's very different than a spring-based mattress. Uh, but we converted over. We converted over. I own three of them. Do you really? Yeah. Jim owns three Casper mattresses. Did you use our discount code, I did. Jim? I I bought well the first two. Uh, PC discount. That's fantastic. Let me tell you about that PC PCPer discount. Uh, first of all, you do get free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to Casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. That's Casper.com slash PCPer, promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions always apply, and we thank Casper for their support ...of this week's episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. So, so
1: Jim's the reason they keep coming back.
0: Hey, I guess, Jim, you got to get another really? bedroom or something.
3: <laughs> All but one of our beds is a Casper
0: bed. All right. I'll, See, you still got oh, room to grow. There's room, room to improve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, run through some news items on a slightly accelerated scale. Um, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we did a stream with uh, Lance Madsen from Aimpad, which is a company that doesn't sell keyboards... Despite them, besides calling themselves the analog WASD company, WASD company, WASD company, that's uh-huh. interesting. Um, they have developed an analog keyboard technology, um, which is, as you can see here, this is actually a prototype that they have built where it simply, uh, rather than using... St- only standard key switches, cherry key switches. They're using some clever techniques with infrared light and uh, I guess a photodiode or something, you, you said rather
1: than using. But they are using those switches, right? Right. So rather than only using, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, um, they, so they are. are it's, it's a it's a, nor, it's a normal keyboard, yeah. Except they have supplemented it with an analog capability mm. that basically uses infrared light to measure how far you have pushed a key down. Yep. If you if you try to think back, like. A normal keyboard switch, there is like tension that you put down, and it varies depending on if you're like what type of switch you're using, mechanical membrane, whatever. But there's an there's a there's a point at which a digital switch occurs, Uh right? A one turns into a zero, actuation
1: point, if you will. Yes. Yes. Well, some of them
0: will have multiple, right? No, I guess they will No. The, the, some of them feel. There,
1: it feels different on the yeah. way up and down, right?
0: And so that is kind of inconsequential to the technology that AIMPAD has developed, which is the ability to track how far you have pushed um, the... The key. The key. Mm-hmm. Even the slightest little bit to all the way down and anything in between. And, yeah. and what they do with this is um, the goal is to... Allow you to use these analog keys let 's see if I can fast forward to some of this here to emulate things like an Xbox controller or um, a mouse a mouse for example, and I think the Xbox controller emulation is the thing that makes the most sense and mm-hmm. and, and lance is is a pc gamer he 's been doing this for a long time. Um, their goal is to not sell keyboards. They don't want to make keyboards, sell them, market them, deal with all the, they want to, they that want to returns them and they, they want to license this technology to somebody like mm-hmm. Corsair, Logitech, Razer, whoever.
1: They, I mean, they, I, haven't, I, they haven't named partners or availabilities or anything like I that. I like the idea of it. I mean, you could, you could play a game with using only the keyboard and yeah. have the same kind of granularity or similar granularity you would have if you were doing playing a first-person shooter like with a mouse. Right. First of all, your WASD but, uh, mm-hmm. would be analog. In other words, you could strafe half as fast. Yeah. Right? You and could then, run without holding the shift key.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah, because like on, yeah. On, a, on a console, I mean, it depends on what the game yeah, integration might is. Have yeah, yeah, but on you a console, like
2: analog, uh,
3: using an Xbox 360 control on a first-person shooter, the run speed is usually mapped, at least somewhat, to a the faster. analog position.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: If you look at this clip of the video, I'm sorry if you can switch over to it. You can't really see his fingers on here. But, like, he has this uh, uh, controller application up. And you can see as he touches on the keys here for WASD, like, it's moving the, thumb, the virtual
1: thumbstick on it yeah. as well. Yeah. So it just maps. You know, you can map that there. And then your arrow keys could be mapped to, like, a mouse. Mm-hmm. So that you, where normally you normally now, would in move- theory, I, I, and he agreed with this. Like you would normally just still use the mouse.
0: Sure, like a mouse is still a better device yeah. for that type of stuff. But it can do it, but in terms of. uh You know, like FPS control or third person shooter control, like controlling your character. Racing games is a great example of that, where you basically use this as a thumbstick. So it's probably not as good as a steering wheel, but it's way better than than using the digital arrow keys or or WSD, which is how I play dirt. The throttle, Uh, the throttle is the bigger
3: (laughs) one. As opposed That's to steering, you yeah. can get granularity on the throttle. I, I spent a lot of time with this keyboard earlier this week playing some Dirt Rally, and yeah, I mean, you could you could tell. Yeah, once like, you get you used actually, to it, you had actual throttle response on the keyboard, which was really cool. It's
0: it it's a super interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a live stream we did yesterday. I would encourage you guys to go watch it. Like I said, and we would mentioned this during the stream, it's like, it's disappointing because there were a lot of people watching it in the chat. They're like, oh, I want to buy this. Where can I buy this? And it's like, yeah. well, you can't. Um, and when I finally pushed him hard enough on it, he said it would be a stretch for this to be a integrated in any
1: 2017 product, so probably yeah. sometime in early 2018. Uh, but, I was just impressed on like a technical level. Like he was talking about you know, giving an overview of, like, how they implemented it, like, how they made it work. And he was like, well, yeah. you know, buttons might have be made out of different plastic, and the intensity of the light coming back might be different. And, like, uh, their technology also incorporates the logic to just basically auto-calibrate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you power the keyboard up, and then the first time you have pushed a key down and released it, like, it has cal- auto-calibrated the range of light that that key will yeah. see, yeah. right? Because, you know, that way... You could basically put it in anything. In right?
0: manufacturing, uh, yeah. variability doesn't matter. Right. All it doesn't that matter if the yeah. if the you
1: know if the infrared uh, sensor is a little bit different tolerance for that mm. one in that it's one key. It's got the range right? and it'll it can just adjust automatically its, yeah. you know adapt on the fly, which is great, right? It's you know it reduces
4: you get crap on your
1: keyboard occasionally. Uh, well, if you're getting stuff underneath your keys inside the infrared sensor, I mean, you're really trying, but like it, it would, well, but it would calibrate it, like it would read, you know. yeah, yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was good uh, stuff. And, and so you know, they've got some interesting tricks in there that they're thinking about, like. Like now you can have um you know he 's talking about you can have basically zero millimeter key travel for a key press to be actuated uh, true right, so like if you 're a super twitch gamer that like any you want it, the the instant you even put your finger on the key oh, if they put if you they want put it them, to do
1: that if they put those sensors under every key in a keyboard, you could basically just ignore the the cherry switch like
0: that 's what they do in in some instances right? bottom it out
1: now you but you could set but you could set the throw. To whatever number you want, like yeah. you just be like, I want all, the, I want th- these I keys mean, to go he, two millimeters. I want these. keys But he keys also to had they also had the capability
0: that's like uh, if you just barely touch it, it's one key press, and if you bottom it out, it's another key press. Huh? Right. So like you could have one key doing two inputs depending yeah. on how and what you're pushing it down. Ooh, now so I can have like a twenty percent keyboard. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a recording keyboard. I'll try learning how to cheat yeah. like yeah, we're, that. We're, we're we're how are to, <laughs> to type on that one.
0: So, and Like I said, it, it's, it's, it's super cool. Can't buy it yet. That part sucks. Uh, but go watch the video. Leave feedback. Uh, I know he's been answering questions in the comments on the site as well as on the YouTube video. So if you, if you, if you want to engage with him and ask questions and, and offer suggestions or ideas, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat stuff. So uh, definitely worth uh, checking out. Wild, well, wacky stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I, I can one hundred percent see that, like on the next gaming keyboard from Company X, being like, yeah. "Oh yeah, and we have this capability." I mean, that's, that's it, it, it makes perfect right. sense. Yeah. I'm a little, And your
4: LEDs change color depending on how hard you push it.
0: That's yeah, an option. Yeah, he, he had that. that if he hasn't yeah. done it. Yeah. He, was, he's, I, mean, he's, I think he shows it in our video that we do yesterday. Huh. He mm-hmm. uses it as like as a uh, a way to demonstrate visually yeah, you how feedback. far you're hitting the key down. Yeah. The bright lights get brighter the further you push it down. Now, you cool. probably wouldn't do that while you're actually using it, but for demonstration purposes, it was yeah. good. Cool. It was a good point. Uh, real quick, before we move hey, on, yeah, to the Ryan, one, so... can I can I
2: interrupt? Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I guess you, know, you this, just did. This, 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 let's let's do a little value added. <clears throat> All right, I'm in. Work for our Casper guys. Because when you're talking about this, it's like, okay, there's a guy I know, sort of, right. that he used our uh, PC per, um, um you know, uh, money. Code. Well, the, the, the coupon. Code. Discount code? Discount code. Yeah. Thanks for putting words in my mouth that I, I so desperately needed. His name's Peter. And I asked him, hey, You've
4: had this you for about
2: No, no, there's no grand perreckers and and Peter's oh. not in my mouth. But <laughs> Josh always usually. desperately Josh always oh. desperately needs things in his mouth. Yeah, well, you know what? Some of us have never got past that stage, all right? <laughs> but anyway, I asked him, you know what? You you bought this Casper, uh you used our code, do you still have it? Do you still like it? And his answer was me was yes and yes, mild regret the king size that he bought because he could and 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 he didn't really have the space for it. Uh-huh. But otherwise, it's been great. Of all the things advertised heavily on podcasts, it's the one purchase I have no quibbles with. So this is a guy that's had this for a year, year and a half. It's been happy, that's, extremely so. That's so.
0: fantastic. I'm going to ask Alex to take this segment that just occurred, <laughs> cut Shut it out it. It. <laughs> immediately. It's somewhere in the middle or after the discussion we had somewhere yeah. about it, so that it just it, you know it flows a little bit better that way.
2: You know, communication is not quite <laughs> at the speed of light. We still have to respond on cell phones it's in
1: in the middle of the night. In it's our Wyoming. They're on a 45 second delay.
2: No, he's he's in New England. I'm
0: in Wyoming. He's probably in bed. You're disappointed
1: but that he still the new
0: Far Cry games in Montana and not Wyoming, aren't you?
2: I'm a little disappointed. But then again, it should be Idaho because there are far more white supremacists there. That's
0: <laughs> true. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I just thought there were a bunch of potatoes. Yeah, Some <laughs> uh, Oh, What was I, I going to say before you interrupted me? <laughs> I was going to say that we had two more uh, Patreons. Uh, Bassam. B A S S A M. Bassam? Basam Moosin mm-hmm. mm-hmm. edited their pledge from $3 to $5.99. Thank you, sir. $5.99. And we have a new patron in Stephen Hunt at $5. Thank you very much, sir. Very much. Uh, and Alex, I was just kidding. You don't actually have to move that part <laughs> from, the, from the thing to the thing. Um, so. Let's run through these new Surface Pro, not Surface Pro 5, just Surface Pro from Microsoft. It's a reboot. Yes, finally. We're back to the beginning. This is Windows RT. Oh, wait, no. It still says Pro in the name.
3: Um, also, <laughs> oh, it's the Surface for Windows 8 Pro, which was the original name. That the they Surface announced for with. Windows 8 Pro? That's what they announced it as really? originally. Yeah.
0: That's awful. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so... This is a Skylake upgrade. I don't think there's any fundamental changes to the hardware. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong anywhere. Um, like You still have the same connectivity options, uh, same screen size and resolution. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, you, we have options from uh, the Core M3-7Y30 to the Core i5-7300U to the Core i 7 7660 u Keep in mind that the Core i7 is still a dual-core hyper-threaded part. Uh, Although that Core i7 does also have Iris Plus 640 graphics, so it's a little bit higher end in that regard. They quote 13 and a half hours of video playback battery life on this. I don't know if they said which device that was. Uh I th- actually I think I read the Core i5 was the one for that because they hadn't there was a discussion about the weight of the Core m3 version being 200 grams less but not explaining why and uh, the assumption is the battery might be a little bit smaller in that one um but that is a uh impressive 50% increase over the Surface Pro 4 that was rated at 9 hours apparently with the same battery test so that's actually um really interesting because the Surface Pro 4 was Skylake um and this is Cabulake, Lake, and there are some battery life improvements to be sure between those two designs. Fifty um, percent is a lot to get out of that, so we'll we'll see what that actually turns out to be. And then the other kind of interesting thing is they announced an LTE option, although not available immediately. Quote later this year. Um, that is, I don't know. Did they say if that was only on the high end? If that was going to be an option on all of the devices? Do you remember? They didn't. Didn't uh, specify? I about
4: okay. okay. I would expect it to be on all.
0: The LTE debate is going to be interesting as we get towards the end of 2017 uh, and what how connectivity works on these types of devices as people start to to dive into the mobility aspects of this. A little bit redesigned kickstand with a tilt back to 165 degrees, but they put it into a, quote, studio mode, um, which should be reminiscent of the, what do they call it, the Surface Studio. They're all-in-one that does that. Have you ever seen one of those in person, Alan? Nope. I'm not a big fan. I really? tried one at the Microsoft That's store. I, I thought it was impressive. It's impressively looking,
3: but it's impressive looking. Yeah. But uh, I actually don't remember the exact problem I had with it anymore. It's been long enough.
0: It moved very smoothly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked really cool. Yeah, and it's it is just and it's it's big, right? It, it's it's
1: substantial in size yeah. as well. I didn't like the idea that you know you lose a lot of you can't really upgrade anything like. And the screen, oh, yeah, sure. the screen is beautiful, so say the rest of the hardware is out of date, your screen is still fine. Yeah, it's but that's like the can... same for
0: all the Mac, uh, the iMacs, and whatnot, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Same idea for all. Almost, almost every all in one is like that. Yeah. Uh, the downsides the new Service Pro doesn't offer any improvements or changes to its display, port selection, RAM, storage capabilities, or cameras. Uh, and the Surface Pen is no longer included, requiring users interested in the pen functionality to shell out an extra 60 bucks, which is stupid because I thought – I did believe that the pen functionality was really, really, Important. really good. Yeah, and, and- – I mean I guess if you can – if you're legitimately passing on savings to the consumer by removing it, that's fine as long as you have plenty of stock of these pens and they're available everywhere you go to buy them. Yeah. Uh, and it's pointed out that, hey, this doesn't come with it if you want this because every other surface in the past has had one. $60 bucks is not bad.
1: No, it's not. Cheaper than Apple's pen. Correct. Um, Are start- there third-party pens available that you can use? I mean can you just use a – No. Oh, no. You no you it's got a – it's, so, it's, it's like Bluetooth connected to it's, it. It's, and it's not a Wacom. Yeah. It's a
0: it's been a proprietary thing for a couple generations. Has it? Okay. Yeah. They moved that in house. Starts in 79, pre orders now, shipping June twelfth, I believe, is the date I saw. I will probably have to order one of these to it's, see.
3: It's odd how piecemeal they've been with announcements lately. Like they did they announced, the Surface Laptop. Then they had Build, which was a major conference, and then they announced this randomly in China. There's probably a Surface Book coming soon. Oh, that's right. The Surface Book was left out of this. Odd,
0: yeah, very I don't know. odd, and I still want to, I still haven't gotten my hands on the Surface Laptop either, which is a little disappointing. See how an Alcantara laptop is oh,
3: like. This one has an Alcantara touch cover as an option. Nice, yeah. Josh yeah, how long does that take to run that run?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Josh, no, can I'm, find I'm out.
2: Not, I mean, seriously have Have you ever looked at some of the Alcantara palm rests after about six months?
0: They're no, kind of I, bare. No, I haven't. I haven't. It's well, terrifying. I agree with you. I mean, I see that on a lot of laptops, regardless of what material they're using. You know, like my my XPS 13 has actually held up surprisingly well, but like the faux kind of uh, carbon fiber finish, like if you look at the edges versus right underneath my palms, it's definitely dulled. You know what doesn't do yeah. that? Underneath that? Aluminum. <laughs> no, it's still discolor and, and stuff over time. Your palms polish that aluminum. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs>
4: it's you know, discolored you should probably get that checked
3: i'm not even quite sure what the joke was there i don't either like, I,
4: and we worked
0: uh, oh. so. thank you Jerry. sorry we uh, uh real quick hey shroud research published a paper on chromebooks shroud research what's that I don't know. I should probably sue him for using my name. Some Um, research company. So this is real quick. Chromebook Platforms, uh, ARM – hired Shroud Research to do a paper on, hey, let's see how Android apps came to Chromebooks, in case people weren't aware of this. Uh, and they wanted to see what the Android app performance was like across different platforms. Yeah. So we, did it, we took a look at an Acer R13, an Acer R11, one using an ARM processor, one using an Intel processor, uh, to see how the out-of-box experience using these were uh, and how they compared. We looked at it – was, it was a very different testing Uh, The experiences and performance of Chromebooks, than PCs, there's not like benchmark applications, there's not a lot of stuff to look at. You're looking at boot times, Mm -hmm. application load times, you're looking at application stability, application usability, you know, uh, for
1: example... (laughs) Does it draw all the things correctly? Right,
0: yeah. uh, (laughs) Mortal Kombat X on the Acer R13, which uses uh, MediaTek SoC, Uh uh, works just fine. And on the Intel system, um, the R11, it loads up fine, it loads... Reasonably fast, or whatever, um, but it's missing all of its textures. Yep. Like, there's just plain white figures f- battling on a plain white background with some weird shadows uh-huh. around. It looks quite interesting. Yeah. And, the, and they were in like Minecraft story mode, didn't even start on the Intel one. And a lot of this comes down to the fact that uh, Android apps are developed for an ARM centric ecosystem. 98 point something percent of the uh, Android ecosystems using ARM processors. So it just kind of defaults into that. Um, so we do have, uh, if you're interested in reading that, that is up on the site. There's a little summation of it as well as kind of a link to the paper and the document that we created for that. Um, but no, no real uh, super emphasis here for this particular story. But uh, neat stuff nonetheless if you're looking at Chromebooks. Which I, I will say, having looked at more Chromebooks over the last four months than I have looked at over the last four years, um, they're surprisingly robust. Mm-hmm. Like that Samsung uh, Chromebook Plus. Actually, I like it a lot. It does have comes out with the, comes with the pen and all that type of stuff too. Um, worthwhile looking at if you're into uh, purchasing these budget machines. Uh, next up, Micron launches Solid Scale platform. This looks like server stuff, Alan. What am I?
1: It's server stuff. NVMe over Fabric is the subtitle of this video. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Actually, what is it? Uh, so, say you wanted to put a bunch of uh, SSDs into a server. Say I did. Done. And you wanted to have it doing like, you know, just acting like a network attached thing. Mm -hmm. And it'd be a great idea. And you're like, oh, I'll just point all my other SQL servers and all my other web servers. Just point it all at that thing. Kind of like as if you had a Samba network share, right? The problem is uh, if you do that in a traditional way and you start trying to do this huge demand, assuming you had a fast enough network to be able to handle all that, um, you put a huge demand on one machine with all of these SSDs in it. The CPUs in that machine will bottleneck. Next your yeah, but, but but what if what if instead of using cotton you use satin oh, and you'll
2: slide gosh. faster across
1: the fabric <laughs> and get better right. performance? So because it's hard uh, to argue with this. Here is the problem you had: it is. had the CPUs in the server had to deal with speaking to the network controllers, the NICS. And they also had to speak, you know, with the SSDs. Mm -hmm. And there's IO, there's overhead, there's kernel overhead with all that stuff. So if you have a... The the problem is if the CPU is in the middle there, it will become the bottleneck. It's trying to do too much traffic management, traffic cop kind of stuff. Too many IOs flying all over the server. Okay. So you'd have to overbuild the server with a crap load of cores just to be able to handle something like that. Right? Um, Enter uh, this company called Mellanox. And they make... Ne- they make uh, basically they make NICs, but they're they're doing things in a smarter way. In other words, they're able to. You can have a a network adapter from these guys mm-hmm. in a server, mm-hmm. and as long as you set there's some driver stuff that has to happen, and you know connections need to be made by like the the OS and stuff. Um, so the CPU is responsible for like setting up all the stuff. But once everything is up and running, it works sort of like. SLI or Crossfire. How you can have (sighs) GPUs talking to each other without having to talk to the CPU, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Think the same thing except network cards and NVMe SSDs in the system. Imagine if you can connect the NICs to the NVMe SSDs via DMA. Mm -hmm. um, And then, from that point forward, share those SSDs out over the network. And so... Whenever, whenever any requests came to the SSDs, they would basically just completely bypass the CPU in the server, right? Uh, so once, you, once you've set that up, you can now scale the number of SSDs in that server up a lot. And you're, you're basically limited by your, your PCIe-like throughput on the machine.
0: Is the fiber connection between them not a limiting factor?
1: Uh, the, I mean, well, these guys go up to 100 gigabit. Okay. So, yes, it becomes a limiting factor when you start using, you know, four, six, eight NVMe SSDs all saturated at the same time. Right. Right. Um, but so f- the first part of the hurdle to get over is, okay, can we, can we make it so we can put a lot of SSDs in a box without the CPUs being a limit? Sure. Right. So it, so now it's practical. Right? Yeah. And then once you get it to the point where it's practical, uh, I have a picture. Yeah, the picture you're showing there is uh, the typical setup of one of these would be like their goal is okay you should shoot for like three of these chassis, right so it 's a two u chassis <laughs> you can put um, you can put twenty four uh, u two sSDs yeah, no, yeah, sure Now i 'm with you in, in the front we 've got of two of these in the back uh, yeah um, the idea the reason they 're going for three as like a base install is that you want redundancy, you want one of these things to be able to fail, still have the, the whole thing. One of the two U chassis, one of the oh, one. Uh, okay, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah, there's three. Rows I see that. There. I'm
0: looking at three two U devices. Yeah. I was seeing it as one massive six U device. No, gotcha. no, no, no. no. Yeah, about three six U sets, and I'm like, oh no,
1: yeah, no, no, no.
0: <laughs> um, Makes it a lot cheaper. Yeah, okay.
1: I'm so with you now. You'd, you'd set this thing up. You'd put you know some SSDs in each of those three drawers. Yep. Right. um And then as the manager, there's, like, that's part of Micron's thing is they made, like, a a GUI to configure this easily because otherwise it wouldn't be easy to configure. So they're trying to make it to package, like, really just ready-to-go thing. Right. Right. Just, you know, buy this thing, plug it in, throw some SSDs in it, pull up this GUI, say, okay, I have, you know, uh, here's how I want my RAID levels to be. You can kind of create, like, RAIDs of these SSDs that can then be mounted by the other machines on the network. Right. Um, so say you had like a SQL server and you want your database on this thing. Well, you'd set up like a stripe. So it's redundant and you go across a couple of these drawers with the, with the database and I have a SQL server sitting right next to this machine and the SQL server can use all of its CPU horsepower, just like it would normally as if the storage was local. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. and all of the raid part of the equation is actually handled in the driver on the client machines. So the clients, if it's uh if it's a RAID uh zero stripe, the clients are actually speaking to both of the SSDs in this chassis that they would need to to pull the data over the network. Right. right. Uh so now the RAID, the RAID stuff is not even handled by the server. So again, no CPU overhead in the server. But I mean right? it's handled by a processor somewhere. It's that's handled on the the same end that would have there would have been overhead there for RAID anyway. Okay right so you're not adding anything sure. it's not any worse than it would have been right um, uh, and then say like one of these drawers fails and now you lost half of the redundancy say it was a, a like a mirrored array mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you lost half the redundancy but all of the clients do not speak to the drawer they speak to the address of the drive like the name of the SSD on the network in other words okay you can take the SSDs out of the failed drawer, put them into some blanks on one of the other drawers, and that will repopulate the arrays for all the oh, connected clients. Okay. So nice. it's, it's completely yeah. like it doesn't matter where the SSDs are. It doesn't care. Right. Right. So it, it opens up a lot of, you know, when you can take really fast SSDs and put them on a network to the point where it's like it's completely decentralized as far as the network understands. It doesn't care mm-hmm. physically where they're located. Right. Um, but in the meantime, you're physically consolidating them all into just a set of drawers. That's somewhere yeah. you know in your in your server room, right? You don't have to worry about <laughs> oh, I need I have to manage these five SSDs that's in this NVM, you know, the SQL Server over here, and these other three in this thing. And you can actually share, like, um, you can actually split like namespaces. So you can have like oh, the SQL Server is actually sharing some of the array with the web server, because it you know it didn't need all of the space on the array for both of them, right? So it just adds a whole bunch of flexibility to the whole equation. And it adds a little bit of latency, but you're talking like less than a tenth of the latency of a typical flash NVMe SSD. It's like 10 microseconds. If it were
0: locally installed? Yeah. Very flash. Flash. Oh, oh, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, so flash SSDs are like 100 microsecond latency. This adds about 10. Okay. I guess...
0: Okay, latency versus bandwidth is different, right? So yeah, it'll still
1: about go you know, full, like bandwidth up to the bandwidth of the...
0: Up, of the 40 or 100 gigabit uh, 40 or 100 network NIC. connection.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay, Yeah. Um, and realize, I mean, if you really needed a lot of throughput, you can have multiple 100 gig NICs in the client. Right. Even, and, you know, it would... Those are cheap, right? Well. <laughs> um, so, you know, the performance hit is not... Significant, but there is one. But they were pretty upfront. They're like, "Look, here's what we we yeah. did some testing. You know, there's a performance hit, but their their gamble is that you know the convenience of having everything all in one place is going to be the counter to that, mm-hmm. right? So, cool what's this stuff? called again? Uh, solid, solid scale, scale and then this particular unit, I believe, or this version of it is called Cassandra. So it's solid scale Cassandra. what,
3: what, what Cassandra is like a
1: database. Yeah, it's a storage engine. Yeah, but well, that just, or that was just the benchmark of, or the was Cassandra it they were app. doing the Cassandra benchmark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I not I saw Cassandra would... sprinkled in more places than yeah. Cassandra Apache product. Yeah. Oh, okay. Product. <laughs> it's a product that has
2: an Apache
0: license. Oh yes. yeah, then that was yeah. A but nobody ever Cassandra's actually
2: listens to Cassandra, so oh. it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: sorry. So let's move on from something probably very useful for the enterprise market. Something that's going to be very useful for the consumer market, and that is water cooled. Power supplies. I'm so excited! Now you can really yeah. arc weld. FSP you introduces can. the new Hydro PTM Plus liquid cooled PSU. Jeremy, tell me about this water cooled power supply with connection. Because nothing.
2: Oh yeah. Nothing goes together like peanut butter and chocolate, as compared to water and a high amperage part.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't disagree. Yeah. That's why I take baths with toasters.
4: And often. Only use conductive cabling for your water cooling system.
0: So what is this, Jeremy? Tell me about it. So it's a 1200 watt
4: uh, PSU. Unless you water cool it, in which case it'll run at a 1400 watt power. What? Yeah. So essentially it will kick itself up a notch if it detects water. And hopefully everything goes lovely. Uh, It's also, there's a different way of using it where they say if you limit it to about 600 watts and water cool it, the fan will never have to come on at all. So it could be useful for silent builds as opposed to insanely high-powered builds, but honestly, if you're buying a water-cooled PSU, you're going to have to use that 1,400 watts worth of power. (laughs) How how could you not? Because it may kill you, so make sure it's worth it.
0: Did they mention exactly what... Components are have a water block on them,
4: nor do they show any pictures on the inside of it, so we don't
0: know. That's a mystery. They're gonna show it off the Computex,
4: yeah. So hopefully, we'll see some pictures, uh, including it with the case open and it actually running, and just how big those caps are that are gonna blow up on you. They also introduced two other things. There's a platinum 850 watt flex PSU, which they claim is the world's smallest 80 plus 850 watt PSU. Huh. So, this thing here? Nope, that is what okay. they call an ERK. That's an easy redundant kit. Remember, these guys did the uh, failover PSUs for your PC? Yep, 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 yep. So, this is the same thing, except you can hook together two PSUs that aren't set up to do failovers. Connect them through this, and that'll handle the logic for you on failovers. Hmm. I doubt it will be, be very expensive, but it's kind of an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, I do want to point out here on the right-hand side that apparently somebody has been searching for dive computers on on our network. <coughs> I don't know. <coughs> somebody must oh, be going on vacation. It's got an to it's
4: gotta be to Anthony. Deny. Well, no, it was uh, <laughs> linking with the water-cooled.
0: Oh, yeah, you need a dive computer yeah. to use the water-cooled power yeah. supplies. I get you. I get you. <laughs> uh, let's talk about another water-cooled item here, the EK GTX Founder's Edition water block. Um, I don't know what else to say about this other than EK is releasing GeForce GTX Founder's Edition full-cover water blocks. I assume this means power delivery as well, Jeremy?
4: the entire thing is covered, and this is more of a refresh because they've already got... Uh, it's
1: like the... Ooh, X, that. Yeah. Now was was uh, Did I read it right the way this was worded? It sounded like they had like a unified block almost for all the Founders Edition. Or was it you have to get a different block for no. each? No, I think it's one
3: block no. that works with like...
4: Like ten sixty straight through to the ...skews or something like that.
0: Oh, and then the clear acrylic part is what changes out?
1: No, no, no I think that's no, the entire top.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's a choice. You can get like a basic one. You can get one with the acetal cover, uh, one that's just got nickel or the one that I'm showing there, which is the acetal top with a nickel underneath.
1: Yeah, but the key is that regardless of which type you get, like it doesn't matter which founder's edition, as long as it's a FE PCB, right?
0: When you say it doesn't matter which founder's edition, do you mean founder's edition of... A 1080, 1080i? No, that's the thing. That's, it goes, it
1: goes yep. all the way back to, like, uh, what is the... How far back does it go? 1060. Series. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah.
0: So really... they list
4: the 1060 straight through to the Titan X and XP. Hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, really dang like, handy. look like how big that block is. Like, it's
3: going to cover the active components, even if they're shifted over a little bit from the 1060 to the 1080. Sure. But that's
1: usually... Like, that is gigantic. You know, this could have only been possible if, like, NVIDIA seems to have standardized on where they're putting the stuff. Yeah, and, sure. It's, yeah. Well, it's the one benefit so that... of Founders Edition. Yeah,
4: is that it's a reference and they're not kidding. It's a reference. Well, it used to be, that and yes, it does the, work with the titanium for the person asking.
1: Like even the reference boards before, from generation to generation, usually they would move around enough stuff to where the, the water block was Different. invalid each time. Right, and yeah. that's, that's one of the main reasons I stopped water cooling myself was every I got sick and tired of like buying a know, new block. I, each I, time. I, well, I, I it would make me delay even getting a new GPU because I'd be like, nope, I don't want to have to do, you know, more plumbing and changing out a water block. Just to do it because the water block, you know, it's like a hundred bucks added yeah. to the price. Who mm-hmm. wants to spend an extra hundred bucks every time they're upgrading their GPU? Right. I don't disagree. I think this picture yeah. is fantastic with the yeah. They just filled up. Yeah, it yeah. looks really cool. If, if only all, if only you had cases that were all inverted and you can actually see that really <laughs> cool acetal water block. There are some. I know. You know, I if have
2: Archimedes one. could only see
4: that, you <laughs> <he> would be <laughs> so, <laughs> have something to say. Would <laughs> you'd I'm say what they did. Green Yeah. If you did uh, splurge and you got one of the backplates from one of the previous uh, generations of this, mm-hmm. fully compatible. You won't have to replace it. So you're only actually replacing the top, which is – it's a nice move.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Nifty stuff. Uh, and then finally, Fractal Design launches the new Focus G series. Uh, retail for 50 bucks so on the low-cost spectrum of chassis. This is not an inverted one, so you would hide the magnificent green color See? of your water-cooled – graphics card if you did that um supports a or a ship with a pair of 120 millimeter silent fans support for six mounting holes you can see it's design here uh, available in one of five colors wait is this color the same as this color? so there's yes
4: but there's two different models one <laughs> will fit up to a full atx the other is just for your itx and mini atx
0: just by looking at this and picture both. it looks like this is the mini one down here and this is the not-many one up here.
4: Perspective. <laughs> but they both have six fans, you know, which is Talk
0: nice. Talk about
2: when they truly the PC perspective. That picture is it. It is. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. <laughs> it's like something yep. We've come full circle.
2: It's we can hard. close up shop now. This just has been the PC Perspective <laughs> Podcast.
1: Just set that picture to the top logo I, of the I, site. Like, I, feel,
0: I feel like that every time I use the word perspective in a story or say it in a video. I'm like, mm, that was cliche. Like, but I can't, uh, you know. Yeah. It's hard to find any other analogs. Before we get into our picks of the week. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Was there anything else on the, um, uh, the Focus G word?
4: Uh, just to reiterate that both, even the smaller... Version of the case can support up to six fans, which is kind of huge for people building the small form factor PCs because usually you've got to abandon the ability of a 360-millimeter radiator or dump two or three fans. So that Fair. could probably attract some people.
0: All right. Uh, before we get into our hardware-software picks of the week, a quick uh, update on Patreon. Damien Farrell is a new patreon of three dollars and thirty three cents thank you very much damien and alan is number one believe it just pledged three ninety nine i will not believe it three ninety nine i'm not even They're sure. gonna have to pledge way more than 3 nine i'm not even sure believe. i believe it that's fair yeah yeah that's fair uh thank you guys to the uh new patrons we uh greatly appreciate it. all right let's get into our hardware software picks of the week i have a legitimate pick this time, it's not, I didn't As think about it the day, like the minute before we started or 20 minutes into the show. Oh. It's something I've been using recently. It's called Fast Glacier. And this was. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a misnomer. Oh, you're looking at something else. Okay. You're looking, you're looking at Josh's uh, glamour shot. Yeah um so fast glaze so we were trying to figure out how do you back up i have a, a network attached storage device storage device at home how do we back it up most of the normal cloud-based services don't allow you to back up off of a network drive right so your back blazes your crash plans you your have to do some height. hacky thing and make it work yeah you can do uh, uh sim links or whatever they are mk links Uh, in windows and kind of hack around it but then that always just seems like you're just waiting for a disaster where it accidentally deletes everything because it assumes the folder is empty after you change some configuration on windows i don't know (laughs) right Um, and so i was doing some more searching and one of the options that is around is is glacier it's an amazon service uh a cold storage service if you will hence the term glacier um where it is extremely inexpensive long-term storage. With an expensive retrieval cost, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, long story short, I had 400 gigs on a a NAS at home that I wanted to back up. That monthly cost to retain 400 gigs, uploads are free, to the service is $1.60 a month. For 400 gigs? For 400 gigs. Okay. Um, That's cheap? Yeah. Now, to retrieve it, there are different methods of retrieval. Do you want your data in one to five minutes? (laughs) <laughs> right, That's going to be more expensive. Do you want your data in two to four hours? Okay. It's going to be a little bit less What's money. What's the longest here? Uh, I think, it's, they think it says like four to 15 hours. Okay. So it's basically the hard drive. These are like specially built hard drives that run at super low RPM. Yeah. Right? That are stored and so they actually only s- powered They're, swapping they're stored them out. in cold storage. Yeah. They're swapping them out. I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't know that for certain. That they're disconnecting them from a system they and story, well, but, but they could. But if you're, if a one to five minute time would be hard to do if they're actually disconnected. Well, maybe. Well, I system. guess if you pick the retrieval time, yeah, you get when you because you basically the interface yeah. through API is to say I want to request this data, expedited, standard, or bulk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and but then, they, and then it got gives equations. you back a text file to tell you. Here's how you get it. Like this is this is the mount. They basically fire up an EC2 instance, huh. and give you the information for it. And this is how you download it. Okay, so they they've got a bunch of interns in a huge
2: mineral pool, <laughs> mineral oil pool, and yes. and that is the estimation of how fast that they can swim down to reattach <laughs> those drives. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm with you.
2: And get your data
1: to you.
0: So uh, the retrieval cost can be I think like So how much the, would it
1: cost it? You say you lost all four hundred gig?
0: My based on the Amazon calculator, about sixty dollars. Okay. Thirty to sixty dollars depending on the speed you way cheaper
1: than data recovery.
0: Yes, Oh recovery. yeah. And also like this is this is a catastrophic failure recovery. Yeah. Not like a versioning system recovery, right? So if my house burns down and my network attached storage device goes with it. Waiting 15 hours for the retrieval to download it right, is, is, not, is, is not at the top yeah. of my list, right? Yeah. Does so, it do
1: versioning? Does your thing use? It your, does not. Okay. So it's a very dumb system, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just a sync.
0: It's it's not even really just a sync. It's really just a file dump, right? Yeah, but, it, it, but it's only but dumping it's, the new stuff. Well, like. so the, the way you interact with an Amazon is through APIs, yeah. right? Like they don't – Amazon doesn't give you an application to really – utilize it it's mm-hmm. it's like hey you're not doing this unless you're a developer you're doing some custom thing fast glacier that alex has had on the screen for a long time while i was describing what the hell glacier was is uh a windows client for amazon glacier that basically okay. treats it like an ftp and you can just drag a folder and it uploads it to it okay right and it does multipart uploads uh it keeps track of things Do it has the ability to drag
1: the thing i can't see anything on that alex. like does it sync it
0: um, so it, it's it's a little bit kludgy in that like the one-time upload is you drag it and you just wait for things to upload. Yeah. Right? And it pauses it and all that type of stuff. Uh, the free version I think limits you to two file segments per – the paid version is 30 bucks and I think it's unlimited segments. Sure. Um, and the sync is like uh, – there's a uh, – let's see.
1: Like, is, is it hands-off is my concern? Like,
0: it you know. is kind of. So they have a folder comparison sync tool that basically you open it up and you do a compare with local folder. And, okay. it, and it would do it. Now, yeah. that's kind of a pain in the ass to, have to remember to do that all the time. So there's a command line version that okay, you can so now run. you can do a task And then you do thing. a task scheduler in Windows and just say, yeah. hey, every week, run this command. Sure. Do that. And it will, do, it will only upload the files that have changed or the files that are new. So it's not exactly as hands-off as something like Backblaze is... Yeah, for like your local system, which is really what I would truly, truly want. Uh, but I also don't want to pay like business pricing of three hundred bucks a month for a the capacity that I'm going to use. Because yeah. all, all I really want to do is put it up someplace and hopefully never have to deal with it. Hopefully, yep. it will be data that is stored there till the day I'm dead and I've never touched. Yep. Right, which is what I think of most hard drives and storage and how they will actually be interacted with. So, Fast Glacier is a free app to take advantage of it. If it's something like. It's dirt cheap. Like I said, four hundred gigs for dollar sixty a month. Mm-hmm. Just don't use this as a thing of uh, like I read some article about Glacier that was that was criticizing it because this person uploaded all of their uncompressed music to it, but then they wanted to download it, reencode it to a different type, mm-hmm. and upload it, and they were using it as like a download upload repository, Oof. and it was and it just didn't work out because it's definitely not something you want to have to do to request the files to download. It's not something we're used to having to do. Yeah. Hey, can I get that PDF? Come back to me in an hour. <laughs> no, I, I really just want to download the PDF I gave you. It's like I need 45 more minutes. <laughs> okay, I could write it again in 45 minutes. Um, Jed's got to go. Over but if you, there and but if you're like, drive. so if you, how how much? Uh, I'm curious. How much space would you need to back up? For my your NAS? yeah for your NAS. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do this live now. I want to see this.
1: Do, do you? Um, just give me a number, like it's, something. It's something. It's like 62 terabytes
0: what the hell (laughs) 62 terabytes (laughs) legitimately all right so 62 terabytes so 62 terabytes is 253 dollars a month on glacier
1: okay you can back
0: up all 63 terabytes it would take forever to get there i don't need all of it now now here's a question you say you lost everything you needed to download 62 terabytes right <laughs> how much would that now be? 62 do- 62 gigs of uh, i'm sorry not gigs yeah terabytes, terabytes. you gotta pick uh, the right size there you're adding 1400 dollars or so to download the data yeah, that's, that's still, just you, bandwidth that's cost. Still, you don't know
3: you don't you want the next data out you don't want inner region that's from aws aws you're right
1: you're right oh to move it to another aws that's, it costs money still gigabytes
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> up to $6,000.
1: Now oh. put in the retrieval fee.
0: Now, so it's 62 terabytes to, is downloaded $6,000.
1: I mean, I would... First of all, I don't need to back up all 62 terabytes. So
0: I assume you have to. So standard retrieval... Let's go bulk. Because, I mean, let's be realistic. If you're going to pay $6,000, you're willing to wait 15 hours. Okay. Oh, wait, that's actually... Uh, let's just not even worry about the number of files. Let's do sixty-two. So we're up to six thousand. It's like a million
1: something. Files. Okay. So
0: only it's only two hundred and oh. something dollars abandoned to that get you. to retrieve it. Oh, okay. Right? Um, so that's not so bad. But let's how many files would you estimate you have?
1: Yeah, it's like a million. They're pretty big files. They're well, all like well movies and crap. In the
0: form. <laughs> now you're up to Okay, that's almost nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A million
0: requests is is not much. So to, to back it up and then to download it one time, it costs you $6,269. That poor tape robot that's got to keep swapping while Alan's <laughs> pulling his data. Uh, it's obviously uh, an intern that's, robot. That's pretty interesting stuff. All right. Let's switch off this. I'll open up the rest of the uh, uh, picks. So Fast Glacier was the name of that app, by the way. Um, it's worth taking a look at if you have a, a whole bunch of stuff you want to back up sometime. and You know you're not going to want to access it over and over and over again. So, All right, Josh, what do you got? I don't know. What do I got? Thrustmaster. I got love. Love is what I got.
1: Josh has Thrustmaster. Oh, yeah.
2: Thrustmaster. It's love. Uh, you know, Dirt Force coming out in two weeks. And so you got to so get ready. Sad. And you got <laughs> to have a good wheel. And for 266, this is on sale right now. It's a fantastic wheel for what you want. 900 degrees of uh, rotation. Pretty decent uh, wheel there. Good feel on the pedals, good strength on the force feedback. Joe. Works on the PC and Xbox One. It's good stuff, man. For two sixty six, that's that's a great deal for the entire thing. Makes me happy. Third four You're coming prepared. up two weeks. You're
0: prepared. You're prepared. That is a pretty
2: weird
4: sure. Yes,
0: uh, Jeremy. What do you got? I'm guessing this is yours.
4: Uh, I got a thermostat. All right. A doom. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Wait, what?
0: <laughs> it's the Honeywell Prestige doom.
4: thermostat playing Doom. <laughs> scroll out, scroll <laughs> down a little bit, Ryan. <laughs>
0: scroll all the way down. Well, just like oh, you were cutting it off. Oh,
1: sorry. Look at
0: that.
4: And yeah, the, the USB port that you're just supposed to use for programming. Yeah, he's figured out a way to get an Xbox controller oh on it. Oh, my
0: God. Strangely, it doesn't do sound. I oh, guess just, just, the thermostat doesn't have a speaker in it, huh? That's I, I know, crap. it's
4: weird. They're, they're going to have Let's to redo sh- that for the next version. But yeah, they've. Screw the calculator. The, the stat just impresses me.
1: <laughs> oh, sigh. So the, the deeper into hell you get in the game, the hotter your house gets? Uh, yes. <laughs> nice. Sweet. Well done. Just dislike.
0: Uh, Who, uh, Alan, this you? Yeah,
1: Ken. ABC uh, uh, stole. Well, I stole this from Ken. I immediately ordered this. Oh, you ordered it? Okay, that's good. Uh, I don't have to order it now. Yes. Uh, I can't have the same book as you. That'd be weird. Oh, sorry. Uh, It's called ABC Basic Connections, Essential Book for Makers. They haven't met
0: their goal yet, so.
1: Uh, Well, I hope they do. um, Because, okay, so scroll down, like, a decent amount to, like, where it starts to show different uh like what some of the pages of the book look like Mm -hmm. um yeah keep going keep going yeah right around there like yeah there's like uh so this is like a book full of all like really nicely done drawings of all of the handy like base knowledge you would need for electronics just to do electronic stuff right so this is kind of like 80s like Ohms style resistor color codes kind of thing. Yeah, but it gets even it gets better than that, though, Josh, like there's so it gets into different kinds of circuits. Like that, it is stuff that you might connect to Arduino. Have, have you seen or... the
2: Lotus 1-2-3 manuals in the eighties? Oh, you mean like with the you, might, well, you the mean styling?
1: Like, you mean like the MS DOS three point one. Mm-hmm. Uh, manual that came... Yeah, they,
2: the, they come in the binders like yeah, this
1: with the yeah. really nice printing. Yeah. I wonder if it'll come with the, the with the pages shrink-wrapped in plastic first that you have to take out of the shrink-wrap and then put into the empty binder like the HP computers used to come with. <laughs> oh, yeah, because well,
2: nobody memories. knows what Alan does in his computer room by himself and well. needs shrink-wrapped.
1: So, so what they're doing there is, like, Ryan, if you scroll a little bit more through some Resister. of those things... Like, if you're trying to, you know, wire up circuits or figure out what connects to where on which IC or whatnot, it's a lot handier to look at drawings like these as opposed to this is cool. just regular pinouts and just, like, you know, the data sheets for these different parts. Is it all in one parts.
0: book? Are there different versions
1: of no, it? No, this is all in, like, he's, he's put as much stuff as he could diagram into a book. And it's just like a bunch mm. of different, you know, really cool ways to look at oh, that. here's it, one I can just print out, put in my own book. Uh, yeah. Ryan already wants to rip the guy off <laughs> page four. It's mine now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of wire up seven segment displays to decoders and like, this is you know, cool. it's just, it's really cool stuff. Um,
3: yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll probably end up getting it and just putting it on a shelf. Like I'm never actually going to reference this, but it's just cool. Like,
1: you, I, I'm sure you yeah. would open that book at some point for something if you had it. Yeah, because Google is so difficult.
0: Right, <laughs> well, exactly. Well, you know like what's you know, you know easier I'm than work,
3: books? Search. If I'm working on something and I need to know resistor color codes, I'm just going to Google resistor color codes. Yeah, so but, what,
0: what's, what's, the, what's the price here? Uh, is it 23 euros? It's, it's uh, like 25 bucks.
1: To get it to the U.S., it was like 30 or something oh, for a book. Yeah, what the it's like added shipping for US. Okay, something.
0: yeah. So there's a twenty five euro and a twenty three euro version. I don't know what the difference is. There are
1: one's so like an early bird, earlier bird or something. I don't Basically know. if you order it now it's thirty. Oh it's it's thirty three dollars. After the
0: campaign, it'll like sell out after regular dollars.
1: Sure. All right. You can order two of them. Uh, three of them. I, I didn't go that far. Or five. See, I could have went in together. he didn't ask me. I, could, well, I sent you the link and said, look at this cool thing, and you just ordered it. I just ordered it. I, he sorry, just I, wanted <laughs> to steal it for himself. Kind of assume yeah. that, you know, you yeah. probably ordered it already, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, a, you know, That's I'm cool. sure I will use it as a reference for something at some point if I have it. And yeah. I have many more, many other electronics books at home that were way more expensive than this. That is a deal for an electronics, like, reference manual. Of any kind, because they're usually very expensive.
0: Yeah, sure, I'll go with that. Yeah. Was there anybody else? I thought I had a new egg link open. or Was that just from our testing earlier in the that was our evening? Testing. Okay. All right. yep. yeah, there's fair there's another link in there.
1: Yeah, there's another link. Yeah. It's right after fast glacier. Good lord, this is yeah. like two hours long. I think I, that, link our, that link is for one of our that link is for one of our papers. <laughs> Alex is dying over there the You, didn't, no, switch you no, didn't switch it. I didn't switch it. So switch I'm it. Not, nope. You gotta switch it. Yeah, no. now everybody has to see it. You gotta switch it. Everybody's I, gotta see it. Well no,
4: only if they've paid 150 bucks or more.
1: Yeah, we're oh, That's them. true, that's true. You gotta <laughs> oh, keep it exclusive. my hand That's a, a good point. <laughs> we do have the glamour <laughs> shot, but you're yeah. gonna have to there wait. There is an amazing glamour shot on yeah. the show I notes. I think there's only one or two people
0: that are gonna get to see it.
1: Yeah. Thank God.
0: By get to, I mean have to. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for the show for us uh, this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. PCper.com slash podcast. Please go there uh, and subscribe to the show. Download the file 100 times each. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube page. Watch the videos. Do all the things you need to do to keep us in business and running. Thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks to everybody who is a uh, Patreon contributor, including the new guys that signed up for us today. Really appreciate it. It's awesome. Uh, We'll be back next week with more. Stuff, I guess. I'm Ryan Trout.
2: I'm Jeremy Hillstrom. I'm Josh Walrus.
1: And I'm Alan Malventano.
0: Bye. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.